Welcome to Discover Joyous Love with Anita DeFrancesco as your host. This is a hybrid of topics under the subjects of mindfulness, sexuality, and relationships. Hello, everyone. This is episode 28, and I have a very special guest with me today, John Oliver Mason, who is the author of many books, but the one book that we're going to talk about today is called Soldier of the Cross by John Oliver Mason, a Philadelphian. And uh, let me give you some background on who John is. Now, John, he has he's a graduate of Temple University, and he received a, a Bachelor of Arts in History, and then later went on to succeed in getting a master's degree in um, from the Labor Center of the University of Massachusetts in Amherst. So he's very well versed in, in history and has a, a lot of knowledge in the subject of history. He's written for many newspapers in the Philadelphia area. He's also a poet and published in ESC. Now in the Philadelphia Tribune, Philadelphia Inquirer, Jewish Frontier, Poets Page, Poets Attic, The Angry Poet, Ugly Cousin, and the anthologies Meridian Bound and Poetry Inc. 2005. Now, the Truth Anthology, Poetry Inc. 2008, Poetry Inc. 2009, and Poetry Inc. 2010. He's read his poetry at the Painted Bride Art Center here in Philadelphia, Kelly Writer's House, and the Underground Poetry Cafe, Meiji's Loft, Robin's Bookstore, Moonstone Art Center, Mad Poet Society, and the Sedgwick Cultural Center. So he's been reading poetry around town. You could, at the end, you'll get some information. You can find out where you can... Uh, check out some of his poetry readings. Um, he also, heaven down there, he won an honorable mention from titelation.com and his poem, The Image of God, won an honorable mention from the 75th Annual Writer's Digest writing competition. His poem, The Back Bedroom, was a finalist in the 2014 Northern Liberties Review Reader's Choice Award. Welcome, John. Hello, John, how are you? I'm doing great. You yourself? Good, good. Um, yeah, it's uh, wonderful to have you here. You know, uh, to to talk about you have such an impressive background. Thank and, you. And uh, you know, poetry is your strong point. I see here. You've done lots sure. of poetry, and we could. Uh, yes. Okay. Well, well, yeah. So, give me. Um, tell me a little bit about you. First of all, um, you know, a little bit of background about <clears throat> uh, who you are and. Um, your religious upbringing, you know, just, you know, I know you moved to Philly. So get into telling me about who you are for a moment here. Okay. I'm originally from a little kind of, kind of backward uh, rural township uh, in the northeastern part of the state near Wilkes-Barre. In Pennsylvania, just, Pennsylvania, right? Both, uh, northeast Pennsylvania in, in Wilkes-Barre. And in... And in September of 81, I could it was a, that place was not for me. It, and so I moved to uh, Philadelphia to study at Temple in September of 81 and established myself uh, in, thereby establishing myself in Philly. And I, like I said, I majored in uh, history. And in my first semester at Temple, uh, my English class was in African-American literature and the instructor I had was D. Sanya Sanchez. And I had some great teachers there. 
at Temple. And I was very active in the uh, Temple News, the campus newspaper. I wrote the best op-eds. I mean, they raised some discussion, I'll tell you. And I got my bachelor's uh, in uh, May of uh, 84. After some serious job hunting, I started working for the city of Philadelphia in uh, June of 86 and was there for 30 years. I remained active in my union and I belonged to several labor constituency groups. And in the last few years of my time working for the city of Philadelphia records department, I was a steward for the union. And then finally, and in the last couple of years of my time in the city, I started taking a master's courses at the, at the University of Massachusetts Amherst. And I finally uh, retired from the city in August of 80, August of 2004, no, 2000, no, 2016. And I concentrated on my union activism and my literary work. And and I, in my religious background, I grew up in, I was kind of hauled to this, the Sunday school in this little Methodist church uh, by the, on the roadside uh, in the middle of the farmland. And it wasn't do, saying anything to me, it wasn't doing anything for me. And the kids were just as silly and cutting up uh, there as in at, at school. And I just- What happened? Out. You went on to change your religion, didn't you? Oh yeah. In, uh, yes, in uh, the middle of uh, 1990, I just made the decision. I found out that my spiritual path lies in Judaism. There's an old Hasidic saying that uh, so many people who were not brought up Jewish, have been born with Jewish souls. That sounds like me. Hmm, interesting. Yeah, so I began to trek. Uh, I was hanging around the Israel Independence Day Fair, and there was a sign-up sheet for a Reconstructionist congregation in Center City. So I uh, put my name and phone number down, and they contacted me. I met up with them. I was in the process of converting. And I attended the services, the holidays, and I took courses uh, from the reform movement, Intro to Judaism 101, and from the Reconstructionist movement, Jewish Alive and American. They were great. I still have this. Uh, materials they sent me and my rabbi and my rabbi Razel Raphael gave me another course of instruction like go to the library at Temple to uh, study the Encyclopedia Judaica I mean Mm. Mm. uh, like a encyclopedia of all kind of Jewish uh, culture religion etc and 
and find this book by Rabbi Milton Steinberg, Basic Judaism, about uh, the various tendencies, the similarities and commonalities, as well as the differences with, within uh, Jewish religious practice. And my rabbi urged me to visit various uh, types of shuls and congregations in the area to again uh, get the full uh, flavor of Jewish worship. Wonderful. Wow, that's an experience, huh? It sure was. I think it was the right move for me. And, uh, and then uh, I remember in after Yom Kippur in 1994, I went through the mikvah. That's the ritual mm. bath. Mm. I dunk, yep, that's where I dunked myself three times into the water. And lo and behold, I came out a Jew. Wonderful. Congratulations for all of your efforts in really honoring the value of religion. Because Judaism, you know, is a religion. Uh -huh. um, as we know Jewish to be a culture in the United States. Mm -hmm. because of the history uh, way back in, in the World War II. But I mean, you know, when you speak of a Jewish person, you, you don't say, you just say they're Jewish. You don't, I mean, there are many types, different Jews from different countries around the, uh, the, the world, actually from, from the history of the World War II. But um, the, um, the idea of religion, it really is a very powerful religion, Judaism, isn't it? I studied some Kabbalah. Have you studied that? Kabbalah? Oh, definitely. Definitely. I just want to, I want to get into my spiritual and, uh, shall we say, mystical uh, aspect to know that there is a world. I really do believe that there is a world uh, outside of what we sense with our, outside the limitations of our senses. And mm, Okay. And I like that. I, there is a world outside the limitation of our senses. You're right. Yes, I really get that. I really get that. And in, in uh, I think, March of 1998, I went, I, uh, I took part in a adult bar bat mitzvah class. I received the bar mitzvah in March of 1998. And, and the year after, after I retired from the city in February uh, 2017, I took the flight to Israel. Mm. I took the, yep, I took the flight to uh, the Tel Aviv. Then I just, I wasn't part of a group. I just toured the area all by myself. Uh, the Carmel Market, uh, the Haifa train station, up and down the uh, uh, Kaufman Street. And I walked all the way from the hotel to um, Rochelle Boulevard, where the where Ben Gurion read Israel's Declaration of Independence in 1948, and I walked down Rochelle Boulevard down Allenby Road. I had no trouble, and up Kaufman Street back to the hotel, and all by myself, I went took the bus from Tel Aviv to Jerusalem. And the cab driver was very helpful, tried to show me some sights. So what and, was the highlight of Israel for you? Was it the wall? Oh, yeah. I, uh, okay, the wall. I that must have been very, a lot of vibrations there, a lot of 
like you said, you know, the limitations outside of our senses, what kind of vibrations and what kind of feelings, what kind of, uh, what, what came up for you there? I just, I just realized that it was a very significant thing for me to do to, I couldn't think of any prayers. So I just put my hands on the wall. And that's what they do usually. Yeah. Oh yeah. And that's write the note to put in the crevice cracks in the wall. Mm. Did you feel some history there um, with regards to, you know, the worldly history or in relation to your own life? Well, I feel like I was so much at home there. I was very much at home. Mm. I mean, these Israelis are very friendly people. I mean, they stand up for themselves, but they're very friendly people. But you felt at home because you're connected now. You're, you're a Jewish man, so you're connected to the religion. Yes, I am. I was very much at home. Wonderful. This is really wonderful. Any more you want to tell me a little bit more about yourself, if you like, before I get into the book, The Soldier, Soldier of the Cross? Well, here's a little background. When I was in the Army, at the end of the training, I came across this guy who was, uh, he was very condescending to me because I was having so much trouble there. And he just smiled and all the time and talked to me like I was a little Sunday school kid. And he, I had no choice. I needed somebody to talk to us. But so I had to listen to this guy. I mean, he was just so condescending, like, uh, he gave me, he, he had these little chick publications, breast pocket comic books. He just showed them to me. It just, like it was stupid. Mm. And I mean, he was just so smiley facey and all. And I paid attention to, after I got out, I paid attention to the phenomena of TV evangelism and religious fundamentalism as a political force in this country. And I started writing things, giant rough notes in February of 82. And I jotted down the notes, I added on to the novel, I took it off. I hacked away chunks that I thought were beautiful of the novel. And, and, and the, also some of my own religious background uh, the little Methodist. Now you were uh, you were raised what uh, Baptist Methodist. or Baptist? Methodist. Yeah. Methodist. Okay. Mm -hmm. So what I would like to do now is start to move on with the uh, the book questions now. Um, uh -huh. Get in with the book. Is are you think you're ready to talk about the book now or? Yes, I am. Okay. So now, John is the author of. You're listening to Discover Joyous Love. It's I'm Anita De Francesco here, your host. Um, John wrote a book. He's wrote many books, but this one really jumped out at me. It's such a beautiful cover, Soldier of the Cross, John Oliver Mason. So, John, um, first, just tell me what what inspired you to write this novel? Well, my memories of the um, of that guy in the army who was giving that silly little Sunday school lecture to me, and and also some elements of my own religious background, 
earlier religious background. And, and, uh, and the whole concept of, uh, of religious fundamentalism, religious fanaticism, uh, I looked at that uh, with the TV evangelists uh, on going on like Swaggart and Falwell those, and Jim Baker, those guys. Okay. And, and writing about Lucas, I didn't want him to be some sort of comic book villain twirling his mustache. I wanted him to be a real genuine human being with real mm. human emotions. So what, what is the nature of this man? Right. So now, so you, you wrote this. Tell me about him. Tell me about David Lucas, who the book is about. This is a fictional character, is it not? Mm -hmm. Yes, it's very much fiction. And it, David Lucas, it does come off as a very unfriendly guy, very condescending, talking down and patriarchal towards his wife, very narrow-minded and rigid in his uh, in his homophobia based around his idea of masculinity and in his, in his fundamentalist teaching from the little uh, Bible school he attended after he became a born-again Christian and and also, also infused with the old concept of which is popular around the turn of the last century of muscular Christianity, is the mm -hmm. idea of replacing G the image of Jesus as his meek, gentle lamb of God to uh, this rough, tough, virile fighter. I was supposed to uh, uh, bring bring more men into uh, congregations, and I mean that was the oh. idea of Jesus he had. Mm. But, but, uh, but, but, uh, but down inside, all he wants to be is a good Christian man. But now, now on the book, you say he once, in the back of the book, David Lucas, once a drunk and a whore chaser, and now a zealous fundamentalist Christian and church pastor leads an anti-gay referendum campaign that fails just when his pregnant wife as an abortion to save her life, as Lucas becomes a leading figure in a Christian political group, he conducts an evangelistic tour of US military bases and his marriage begins to collapse. So the novel is about a man who wants to be a good Christian and serve mm -hmm. God and maintains mm -hmm. a patriarchal worldview. It is also a novel about the destructiveness of excessive religious zeal. I love it. So go That's on. That's it. So, yeah. so, Tell me where, first of all, before we go on, where did you get the title of the Soldier of the Cross? Where did that title come from? Well, you know, the old gospel hymn, Stand up, stand up for Jesus, ye soldiers of the cross. I mean, it's a very militaristic idea of Jesus. I oh, mean. it's a gospel hymn, right. Okay. Mm -hmm. and, and also, like I said, he's trying to steer us far away from his old past of, us being a school bully and and whoring and boozing and maybe he needs tantra he needs the our tantra stuff huh? <laughs> that's right well i mean he's very keen on sexual repression i mean at the bible college school he went to uh, he was brainwashed to believe that the sex act is dirty 
I mean, the instructor at uh, the head of that uh, Bible school uh, uh, kept referring to, the, to sex as the devil's itch and the erect penis as the devil's doornail. As he, as he services with, young, with the young men in school to say, to, don't give in to the devil's itch, boys, pray it away. I, they were calling it a demon spirit. Mm. I mean, the sex, sex was demonized uh, to these young men. And, and like I said, early in the book, uh, he knows he has to ha have, have sex to have children, but he hates himself for doing it. But he virtually has to rape his wife to, uh, to do it. Right, and in his mind, it was rape, or was it? Yeah, I mean, was, yeah, it was just doing his duty to produce children. Right, and and it felt like a rape in a sense to him, because of what he was, what the journey he was on. Yes, uh, yeah, pretty much. Uh, it was uh, like he had to have to do it. But, uh, right, but he wanted to follow the program of life, what was expected of him. That's right, that's right. And, and, and so he, yeah, so, so it's interesting that, um, that you came across this, um, and this, this is something that is a fictional novel and you, you sort of uh, created the story in here? Oh yes, I try to get into his head, get into his mind into what he's thinking like there was this one this one scene a little later on in the book that shows him visiting his home township in new jersey okay and he's thinking about his, his old running buddies uh, uh where are they now his old high school buddies and making the nerdy kid miserable uh where are they and here's that one of one of his buddies uh got 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 tossed in prison and then he goes sees his mother and his father is a I mean is real crabby and narrow-minded like uh, David couldn't do anything right to suit him where one mm -hmm. one way or the other way now did you relate this story to any of your own personal experiences in life oh yeah because like, I, I hear that. I hear that in your voice. And I do know yeah. you. So. Oh, yeah. And, it, you know, as a kid, I was uh, in a hometown ship in school, in Sunday school, in Boy Scouts. I was harassed, teased, bullied, picked on, targeted. And any adult authority figures, if you can call them that, were in no rush to come to my aid. Mm. and I was all by myself against them. I was expected to handle it myself. And if I did try to fight back, I'd be the one to get sent to the principal's office. Okay. And, and my father, I mean, he, I mean, he hated everything. He was just such a miserable human being. But he hated everything I did, whether it was one way or the other way. He always looked for some something to bitch about. Mm. So it's kind of related, your, your books that you write, 
you sort of tap into your own history, your own experiences. Right. And you That's explore right. something about yourself and then the healing and the creativeness and, and comes with the imagination and the writing. That's right. Hmm, wonderful. That is just, um, I love the way that, that the title, the title of this, um, you know, the uh, soldier of the cross and the cover. Now, um, so what is the historical setting of the novel? Well, it starts in January 78, where, where Lucas, uh, see, he's, he marries the, uh, uh, the daughter of one of the richest people in, in, the, in a town, in, in, a, in a city and uh, the leading figure in the church. Anyway, he, Lucas attends the, the dinner of the County Chamber of Commerce and he comes and a uh, crooked as hell state senator walks up to him and proposes him the idea of an anti-gay uh, bill to pass through uh, the state legislature. Uh, given the uh, success uh, in the late 70s of, uh, of the failure of uh, gay-friendly uh, referendums. And, and initially, Lucas doesn't want to get into that because he, politics is dirty to him. He does, doesn't even register to vote. And, and all of us, and the same state senator urges him to, it just keeps coming up in his mind, but the state senator calls him and urges him to appear before the committee of the state senate. And, and he does, because uh, he thinks it's his duty, you know, to big, be a big, strong soldier for Jesus. And, and they decide, it's, and the legislators decide out of their wisdom, so they don't have to deal with it. They make it a re statewide referendum. Mm. Mm. And, and uh, Lucas assembles a meeting of, the, the, of all the men in his church. Okay. And uh, so they have to gen up, so it's the gen of support for the referendum. All mm -hmm. of a sudden, they, the men uh, uh, elect Lucas as the as head of this organization. And he just shies, tries to shy away from it. Uh, look, I, I, look, I'm no politician, but he, out of a sense of duty to Jesus, he, he accepts the nomination and the election and he begins organizing uh, a Christian Voters Alliance uh, to, to campaign for the uh, uh, for the referendum against gays mm. to uh, to, uh, to deny this. I mean, this referendum was stated that gay rights would not be covered by the state civil rights laws. Mm. So there was a lot going on. What year was this? Do, do you uh, talk about this book being, uh, what is the year here that, I don't know. 78. You know, I just wanted to read from page 313, a passage in the book. And this, this character reminds me, um, I want to say, you know, Madonna, when she made that song with the cross and she oh, yeah. got, and she got condemned in Rome when she did one of her performances because she had the cross that was sort of down near the genital area. 
Uh, and oh. the name of that, you remember that the name of that song was um, uh, like maybe was it like a virgin or one of those songs? I don't know if it, particularly if it was that like one, a prayer, like a prayer maybe. And I know that the Pope at the time when she was doing her her tour, they banned the tour there because of her religious kind of uh, exploitation, so to speak. And mm -hmm. when I'm reading right now a passage from John Ma Oliver Mason's book, Soldier of the Cross, on page 313, just this last paragraph here, that is why the crucifixion is so important to me. That is why it excites me. It's the story of dedication, of sacrifice, of giving your life for a cause. Like you men here, you officers, like you, like us ministers, our conse are consecrated, holy. This is in uh, italicized print. This, these words, sanctified for a holy cause. Your country, Lord, bless these men who offer their lives for our defense. He announced his arms spread wide, his head reared back. It was almost like he was doing a prayer there, you know. Uh, a prayer of dedication with a kind of, um, he honored the crucifix. Am I right? Yes. I mean, that's the level of his uh, fanaticism. Okay. I mean, like, I mean, he, I mean, he actually courts, uh, in a way he courts martyrdom. Like, uh, I guess, like earlier in the book, uh, before he gets going, running with this um, anti-gay campaign, he stands in the middle of the of uh, the park uh, in, in his town, and and starts orating to the uh, gay men hanging out there. Uh, and and the and the men look at him as a, that guy again, and they, mm. and it's like he's daring them uh, to attack him, like and and he just. Uh, uh, balls out you're going to hell if you don't run from your wicked ways and all and i mean, so he was advocating for certain groups mm -hmm. and for for a better uh religious understanding or not even religious but an understanding about humanity uh in a sense about you know all humanity well, actually, uh, he just uh, was homophobic. Okay. Oh, he was homophobic. Okay, but he still was—he still was advocating for the uh, anti-gay thing, wasn't he? Or no? Oh yes, definitely. He toured the. Um, yeah, he tried touring the state to not giving himself any slack. Oh, here's another fact: uh, when he after his meeting uh, with the men of his church. He was elected leader of the uh, group. He goes home and his wife tells him, I'm going to have a baby. And then he gets so happy. I mean, sure, he's a fanatical person, but he also has a wife. And he, he's so happy he's going to be a daddy at last. Anyway, mm. and, uh, but he still has that patriarchal. Uh, macho mentality right of course yes where he wanted to but i i admire the way about the um the sacrifice the uh, the dedication of the whole cruci crucifixion and the, cr the cross and the whole idea 
of his religious um, mentorship, you know, to um, to his fellow people. Mm -hmm. Yes, but my point, yes, but it's uh, directed in the wrong way. Right. It, in the, it was directed in the wrong way. Yes. Uh, uh, but he meant good. He was. Yes, easy. that's it. So, See, that was it, because as you say on the back of the book, he was once a drunk and a whore chaser and then became a fundamental, fundamentalist Christian and church pastor and leads an anti-gay referendum. But the thing is, I think that he was patterned with a lot of those, um, those old ways about him that he was trying to become something better. Is that, is that the message here? Yes. Uh... Yes, uh, some of the school bully and uh, still remain in him. Uh, to him, gay men were just weak and effeminate, and uh, he just couldn't comprehend them standing up to him and just asserting themselves. And I mean, like one time he gets the bright idea of uh, uh, during the campaign uh, preaching at. Uh, in front of a gay nightclub, and all of a sudden, he, he, a crowd of, of the patrons, the men just start throwing stuff at him, cussing him out. Because and, he, why did they, they, because he was, he was anti-gay. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he was right. telling them they were going to go to hell and, and. Or, the, or they were yeah, anti-gay. He, was, he wasn't anti-gay. They were. No, no, no. He was anti-gay. Okay. And, so uh, the gay men were angry at him for just getting in their faces with his homophobia. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So I thought he was later, he became an advocate for the gay population. No, not at all. Not and, at all. Okay. So he didn't understand it. He yeah. didn't understand, you know, this, this whole idea of, for him, it was something that he hadn't grown into the world with yet. That's right. All he knows is, is uh, whatever the Bible school in the middle of the countryside of Pennsylvania taught him. Well, religion has, you know, advanced since then. And we're on a different page now in the, in the especially in Catholicism and, you know, gay marriages and, and that are happening all around the, the world, especially in the United States. Um, so our, our religious beliefs and, and um, doctrines and things like that have have come to a different advancement in this in the twenty in the twentieth century now. I think. What do you think? I well, I I believe there there is some understanding in religious bodies, even in in Orthodox Judaism, that that uh, gays are aren't go, are going to be gay, and you can't pray or beat it out of them. And uh, even the Catholic Church is a, just as a reality of uh, uh, same-sex relationships. And so you're still I, seeing some of that. Yes, yeah, but so many religious sects are just stuck in, uh, in, in, in 1,000 years ago. I mean, they just, that's the nature of fundamentalism. Uh, they refuse to... Uh, acknowledge any other way to go since their grandparents' grandparents. Well, see, it's they didn't grow. That's the thing. They're, they're, they're living a pattern. I That's mean, if you right. look at it that way, 
But, but just like medicine, there's always um, a growth or an advancement or change. And um, like this man, David Lucas in the book, I thought for a moment that he was for the gay, but you're saying he was anti-gay. So if I said that he was for, um, uh, I, I made a mistake there, but you're saying he was anti-gay because of his past history, upbringing, or whatever he knew, whatever he learned. That's right. And he was just kind of stuck there. I right, mean, so many, stuck. So how did, did he ever get out of being stuck? He doesn't. He just remains the way he's always been. Right. Interesting. But yet he has this whole religious, um, you know, this religious dedication. And what is religion if it is not I mean, religion, the way I see it, is political, but if it's not supposed to be, but it is in this country, I think. Anyway, that's my opinion. But religion is supposed to be a teaching, uh, a learning, uh, an opening up your heart, a liberation, giving and receiving. It's tantric in the way uh, of, uh, you know, the same way. Tantra, of course, is not a religion, but I don't even look at religion as a religion. I look at it as a teaching that we're there to learn and we're supposed to help each other and receive and give and love. And, and that's pretty much what they talk about when you, when you hear the lectures in any type of ceremony or sermon or in, in, a, uh, in, a, in a synagogue or a Catholic church or any of these Methodist or Baptist, that, that it's really about the people coming together, inclusiveness. So I think he was in a fight between a rock and hard place with himself. Is that mm -hmm. right? Is that right? I would say so. But see, like, like I said, he still has some of the old school bully in him. And mm. I mean, fr from the 60, early 60s on to, it carries it into uh, the, the 70s and the 80s. Uh, there's so many people uh, dump uh, their concepts onto God. They, uh, As the saying goes, man, uh, Made God of His own image, and mm. I mean re redefining God as in light of their own uh, interests or uh, attitudes. Right, and that's yeah. where the, that where confusion comes too. That's right, I, but I think that there's a lot of confusion around that. That's why people are so, oh, you know, wanting to change their religions and because it's more like um, the beliefs that they don't, they don't agree with. Yes, well, they find that uh, the religion, with me, the religious uh, upbringing I had was just, uh, couldn't, I couldn't swallow it. I mean, it, it didn't take with me. I, I can never swallow the idea that the church and the Sunday school foisted on me uh, uh, Jesus, the way and the truth and the life. No man can come before the Father but by him. And I read so much about other spiritual paths, Buddhism and Hinduism. Right, right. Islam, and, and Judaism, and it's like, no. So is, was, um, you were Methodist, right? You said Methodist? Uh-huh. Is that pretty much like Catholicism? Oh, not at all. It's one of the uh, original Protestant sects uh, founded by John Wesley in, in England. Mm. Because I feel Catholicism has a good message if you're in a higher power and you're able to take 
uh, take away rather than, you know, you don't have to hang on every word that a priest in a sermon gives you. As a matter of fact, I just was in church yesterday and, uh, and I just take away what I feel is important for the hum human condition. Not so much like, you know, uh, adore Jesus. We are the God. If we look to each other as the God, this is the spirit spirit within you and a lot of people that's why i teach um you're i just want to check in with my audience here i'm anita de francesco discover joyous love is the podcast and my work is tantra wisdom i'm a love and relationship coach today i'm interviewing john oliver mason on his book soldier of the cross and um what i wanted to relate is being in the business of tantra and spirituality that how I have had a different view on the Catholic religion, that I, I take it to a higher power and I just take the messages that are there for the humanness of life rather than, I think people turn it into politics or they associate it with their own pain and then they blame God and they blame the church or whatever, the institution. And because their life didn't turn out the way it was, but that's not your savior, your savior is you. So, I mean, there's so much on religion. It'd be such a great topic. I love the fact that you're into this, this, this whole thing and you went ahead and changed your, your religion to, to a, something much better that agreed with who you were. That was a more powerful message. That's know? true. I can't, I've always been a very religious man, but I just needed a, a sort of discipline, shall we say, for um, a, a path. And I try to follow as best I can uh, a Jewish uh, uh, ritual around uh, and, and like the holidays and attain what kind of message uh, uh, it, that holiday is conveying because that's what a lot of the holidays are for to convey a message. But really what I feel what it's all about is love and inclusiveness and acceptance and forgiveness and, and these are the things that are part of the conscious higher power. Mm -hmm. And the conscious higher power um, is something that needs to be learned. And of course, that's what I teach. You come to the workshops because th this is the power that helps us to de-patternize de um, de like those old patterns, those old way of thinking. And so we're constantly having to stay connected to the modern world. And... Um, but like you said, this is a real interesting story to bring light to someone in, in, in the life they're living at the moment. Mm -hmm. Right? Anything else, oh, that's you right. Anything else you want to tell me about the book before we wrap it up, John? Uh, well, that's, uh, that's about it, Nita. Uh, it's available on KDP Amazon. Yes, tell us where we can reach you. Give us all your information, please. Okay, here's my website. John O. Mason, one word. Dot com and and my email is j john o mason one word at john o mason dot com is that's those are my that's my business uh, email i um okay i, I try to keep it separate you know from my personal from my business okay and where can we get the book i mean like i said uh, uh, go to amazon.com and uh, and you'll um, and you can type up uh, on the search engine uh, John Oliver Mason Soldier of the Cross novel. 
So it's and, available uh, on Amazon, Amazon, Kindle, oh, yeah. and it's on Kindle and paperback. Uh, it's on Kindle. I mean, I'm working towards uh, putting, making it a Kindle ebook, then go to audio books and smash words. Well, but is it available on paperback? Yep. Okay, because it's really a nice book to get in paperback. If you can get if um, my audience, if they can pick it up, it's really a wonderful book. So, okay, so Amazon, they can find it there. And um, all right, so I want to thank my guest, John Oliver Mason, the author of Soldier of the Cross and many other books. So you can look him up and he has many other books. But today we talked about this book and um, he can uh, be found at some of the information that we just, uh, he recited to you. I want to thank you, John. Thank you for coming in. And you've all thank been- Thank you, Nita. You're welcome. Thank you. You've been, Thank you, John. And you've been tuned in to Discover Joyous Love. Anita DeFrancesco, discoverjoyouslove.com, tantrawisdom.com. And you can check John and myself out for more information. Bye, John. Bye, Anita. Bye, everyone.